This is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertsons. And brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. It's Miller time. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Luke Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. And by Omni. Omni Hotels and Resorts, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Victory Monday! Now your hosts, Haley Sutton and Brad Sham. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year and welcome to Victory Monday. That round of applause just as Jake Ferguson walks in the door. We can do it even bigger than that. Thank you for coming. Um, Timing is everything, as you can tell. He already knows by watching him play. Thank you for being here. Take a deep breath. I'm gonna I'm gonna vamp for a minute or two. Um, Haley has laryngitis. She's had it all week. If she was here trying to talk, she would sound like this. So she's not here. We. She said no, no moss. And so I'm gonna try to do this. Um, by myself, but I think with Mr. Ferguson, I think I'm going to be okay. Even though the game was on Thursday, it is Victory Monday. So thank you to the Victory Monday fan club for coming out. And uh, we are at City Works uh, in the Star District in Frisco. This is our regular Monday night stop, and we will be here again next week uh, after we knew, we've learned today formally and officially that the Cowboys will finish the regular season in Washington Sunday afternoon, 325 Central. And uh, so then we'll have another Victory Monday next week, and then we'll get on to several uh, more shows, God willing, right here at uh, City Works throughout uh, the month of January. So we thank you for spending part of your what continues to be New Year's weekend with us. Thank you for those of you who have come out here to a bask in the greatness that is Jake Ferguson. And thank you for uh, joining us wherever you are on the Cowboys Radio Network and streaming whenever you are and wherever you are on DallasCowboys.com. That's what the little boxes are for right there. So wave to the little oh, boxes. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Very good. Uh, so does it feel like so uh, Jake Ferguson? How about, th how about Jake Ferguson? Uh, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. Does it feel like a week since you played? It uh, feels less. My body says less. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. How hard was that? Thanksgiving's hard enough, and you had not had the experience. You never had to play a Thanksgiving game or a short week game in school, did you? No, no, okay. no, no, no. So Thanksgiving was new to you. And the guys who have done it, once you've done it, you at least know how to do it. Uh, but now two in one year is rare because when the Cowboys have played Thursday night games in recent years, it's been on a seven-day cycle after Thanksgiving. Right. So this was different, and was this easier or harder? Well, I mean, I'm a rookie, so I don't really know anybody. So, I mean, I'm just kind of going Well, with was the it easier here. or harder than Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, I'd say it about the same. It, it wasn't much, much difference. Um, practices were a little bit lighter um, just because, I mean, you wanted to get, keep guys fresh. Um, but Thanksgiving, I mean, I had my mom come in, and she was cooking meals. So, I mean, there was kind of. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah, but then I also had the leftover Christmas cookies. So. And again, so what's wrong it with was, that? It was just perfect timing, I guess. Yeah, it seems to yeah. me you did that all very well. Move <laughs> that mic just a little closer to your mouth. There we go. There we go. Um, 
So uh, the the fandom, Cowboys Nation, seems to be, from what I can gather by reading the the tweet machine, and I try, <laughs> I'm on it. I try not to be on it too much. It's I don't think it's good for your health. No. Are you on it? Uh, I try not to be on it. But no. you're on it. Yes, yeah, I okay. am. On it. Uh, so, but social media, and and uh, th comments and things. People seem to be in a great uh, state of disturbance over the fact that, as a team, you don't play everybody with the result that you got in Minnesota. They just think that once having done that, that should be what happens every week, especially against struggling teams. And to, to that, you say what? Wouldn't life be perfect? Yeah. <laughs> if we would, we could, you know? If you could, you would. Yeah, if we could, we yeah, would. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it's it's the NFL. You know what I mean? Every guy's got the best guy from their college of their time. You know what I mean? And um, I mean, you find that out pretty quick that you got to bring your best. Uh, have you felt as we get closer to the playoffs? First of all, is, has there been a rookie wall for you? Have you hit it? Yes, I did. When, when did you hit it? I don't even remember what week it was, <laughs> but uh, that was the week before the Colts. Okay, well that was right. So that was about so twelve, week, right? So the week leading up to Colts, I right? Guess you could say uh, that was a, that's about twelve, right? That's when you'd you'd have it, you know if you have a bowl game, you got thirteen weeks with yeah, time in between, right? Yeah, I'd say. And so then when your body said, yeah, no, no uh, not really. We got we got more to go than <laughs> how how that internal conversation go? It was more just like I woke up one morning and I felt like a mummy, and it just like, and I was like, oh no. Like, this doesn't feel right. And then just kind of, I mean, kind of just walked in and was like, what can I do? And then, I mean, it, I was just, I just felt drained. But And how do you get that back? Because physically, you got the best over there. I mean, psychologically and mentally, you got the best over there, too. But physically, you've got great, they'll tell you what to soak, where and when and how to get. Yeah. But how do you convince yourself that you're actually... Still fresh as a daisy. Part of it was, uh, luckily, Peyton Hendershot hadn't hit his wall yet. So he was kind of, oh, I'm good. Like, you'll be fine. Like, he kind of got me out of the mental part of it. And then, luckily, he hit his wall the next week, and I was there for him. And so it kind of played hand in hand there. But, um, yeah, I mean, definitely just got to do a little bit extra on your body, whether it be cold tubs or even just kind of just sitting around and, like, doing, like, a – mental scan of like hey my whole back hurts like what can i do to fix that or, and not just kind of laying around and not doing anything uh, a member of the coaching staff who i i won't name because he wouldn't like it I, I asked him about uh if he'd noticed people hitting a rookie wall just about that time about week 12 and he said uh, no and we're, we don't talk about that because if we do what we want to do and the season stretches out that many more weeks, then we're really only about halfway through right now. Right. That's, has someone made well, that observation it, it too? Got, it got to a point where I think the college season was about over. And, I mean, being a rookie, like, we really haven't stopped since college. Like, I mean, I was tra we trained, didn't really have an off season kind of. I mean, we had a couple weeks here and there. But, um, yeah, you kind of just are like, whoa, like, we could have 10 games left. Like, we're trying to play 10 more games. And then you just realize, hey, like, those college guys are done. They're, they got one or two games left. 
and then you kind of that kind of just puts it into perspective like hey like it's 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 not just november football it's december football it's january football it's February, like you know what i mean so i I, um, I remember you saying in sometime in the first third of the season um probably after a, a, the team had had a good game and you'd had a good game but you said something about uh we're, we're trying to run away from average. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're, trying, to, we're trying to be excellent. And I, I wonder if that is a, uh, an still an easy run to think about when, you are, <laughs> uh, when your body doesn't want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the mindset you got to have the whole time. Um, you got to prepare the same, keep that same mindset every single week. And, um, yeah, it, it was uh, run away from average and chase down greatness. It's quote from Linda Wells, the our tight end coach. <laughs> He's a pretty a pretty key guy. Oh, yeah. I know in your development, the whole rooms, we'll talk about Linda. Uh, we're going to take a break and be back. At, our objective tonight is to enjoy what's left of New Year's weekend, uh, thoroughly enjoy an elongated victory Monday, and have you walk out of here knowing Jake Ferguson as a person, not just as an outstanding young first-year tight end. I don't think I'm going to call you a rookie anymore. I think you've played enough where you're, you're barely a rookie. Uh, Do you feel like a rookie? Sometimes. Okay, rookie yeah. tight end Jake Ferguson's <laughs> with us tonight, and we'll be right back on the Cowboys Hour at CityWorks.
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. Welcome back to City Works on the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. I'm Brad Sham with our special guest, Cowboys tight end Jake Ferguson. It's Victory Monday! Victory Monday Club is here. They're so excited they dropped the Victory Monday sign. The Cowboys Hour is brought to you in part by Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. So we're talking to rookie tight end Jake Ferguson, who is still a rookie. Uh, he told us so. Um, and and I'm wondering now as you're getting close, uh, it's been, what, two weeks since you clinched the playoff spot, and now you're getting close. Now you kind of are zeroing in on who and when, although there's still a few moving parts. And I'm just wondering if it is feeling any different. Is the intensity picking up? Is is anything changing yet? Um, I think it – well, first it just kind of – starts with Washington this week in, in my mind. Um, but, I mean, you kind of do kind of get that sense just kind of in just the atmosphere in general and just kind of things are starting to pick up. And um, I couldn't really put a put a word to it, I guess, but you do kind of feel that sense of urgency. Or, um, but you do kind of get that feeling either way with it being the end of the season and kind of it dwindling down and it being, like I said, December football, January football. Um, February football, stuff like that. Are, are, you, are you a football fan? Not all players are fans. Um, not a huge fan. Um, I honestly didn't really watch NFL football until I was really watch film. Somebody said, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's not that <laughs> uncommon. It's really not that uncommon. One of the reasons I ask is I wonder if you watched or paid attention to Philadelphia's game yesterday. Oh, uh, I watched, uh, yeah, I watched a little bit of the game. Um crazy outcome i mean there's a lot of good football on but yeah was there any part of you that said uh obviously we we would like to win the division so we hope that you lose but if you win and we know what the playoff positioning is then uh some playing time might be massaged in washington yeah yeah maybe any part of you think that I'm just, if I just, just do what I'm told. You're just yeah. a rookie here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just following orders. Thanks yeah. very much. Um, so uh, let's describe a little bit uh, how the, the offense and you and Peyton uh, have evolved from the beginning of the year. Uh, it was clear to some of us. I remember talking to you after the game in Denver the preseason game. Oh, yeah. And it, I mean, it was clear to some of us what your skill set was. You could just watch practice every day and watch you in the preseason. Same thing with Peyton. Uh, but especially for rookie players, you get 10, 15 weeks down the road, you're a different guy. So how, how are you different? How's Peyton different? And how do you perceive the offense as being different? Oh, yeah. How am I different? And I'd say just kind of um, I think not only having – L-Dub, Linda Wells, our tight end coach, but also having the veterans and those older guys in our room, um, Dalton and Sean, but also having P, um, being able to just bounce ideas off, off each other. And not only that, but we're all four of us are playing. Like, I can come out one play and be like, hey, I'm seeing this. Or Sean could come out one play and say, hey, this guy just did this or did that. 
You know what I mean? That's going to help all four of us, whether what we're doing, no matter what play it is, because we're all four out there. And the ability to have that and have that kind of communication throughout an office and just kind of get that chemistry built up over time is something um, that just not only makes a tight end room really good, but also, I mean, the offense and just having that as a whole offense as well and just being able to do that as an offense, that changes the game. So how how um, are you a different football player than the one who left Oxnard? Oh, I'd say just being able, I mean, first of all, knowing the plays. Um, that helps. <laughs> knowing stuff. Uh, and then really just the little techniques. Um, like I said, L-Dub, um, not a lot of guys. Luckily in college I was blessed to have a tight end coach who taught the little tight end, the little techniques and just where to put your hand, where to put your feet, and just certain steps on certain blocks, stuff like that. And then when I got to this level, it's just a whole new level to that and just kind of adding to it. Whereas, like, I know Peyton, he kind of came up to me and be like, hey, how do you kind of block this on certain footstep like this? Because sometimes tight end coaches don't teach that kind of stuff. Sometimes they're more, like, leaning towards, like, the pass game or stuff like that. And just being having a coach that teaches little things like that is, I mean, it creates a huge jump. And not only that, but being consistent at it week by week by week by week by week, you're getting reps over over time, and you're getting hundreds and hundreds of reps. And so just doing that, it becomes muscle memory. And just, I mean, that taking that each day and applying it to a game is like the ultimate goal. How, how is the uh, professional game like or different than what you imagined it would be when you were Wisconsin? Um, I knew the guys were going to be bigger. Um, Faster? Oh, yeah, they're faster. <laughs> well, everybody in Wisconsin is milk and cheesed yeah, up, so right. yeah, we they're understand. not running very fast. We understand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of build it up into your head, and then, um, I, I mean, I remember my first game. It was really the preseason game where I was – I remember I kind of had that feeling where I was like, oh, here we go. Like, this is my first one here. And then you kind of catch the first ball or make the first block, and you're like, this is just football. Like – yeah, hey, these guys are a lot bigger and stronger and faster <laughs> and smarter. But uh, you can still play football, you know what I'm saying? And um, it's still a game. Um, you still train at it. You're still – you made it here. So um, just kind of thinking that at the same time and then just applying all the uh, all the techniques and everything that practice. I don't know if they're smarter. They're just more experienced. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You'll, you'll, you'll be that guy in a I'm couple I'm not of very years. book smart, but street smart. I'm kind of close. Um Peyton Hendershot. Mm. Um, let's write a scouting report on Peyton Hendershot as a football player. I don't know if I want to give my true. Yes, you my do. My true you scouting do. report because then the team could use it and get to him. As a football player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, now I'm intrigued. Well, first of all, I think he's one of the best special teams players I mean I mean that I've gone against at least especially in practice I mean he is chaos and he's good at causing it in that special teams is that so is that kind of how he chaos. is off the field good chaos no 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 I mean when he wants to cause chaos he can cause chaos um, but then I think just I mean I'd just say raw talent in Oxnard I mean you talk about a guy who can run and then who will throw it in there and really, I mean, <laughs> I kind of talk about it like 
man, this guy will risk his body. And then you talk about guys who make business decisions and they don't really – he's not one of those guys making those. He'll throw his <laughs> – he'll kind of just go in there and do whatever. Um, but it works. And, I mean, those are the guys you want next to you in, in the trenches and stuff like that. Uh, he is – are you are you tired of talking about the relationship between the two of you and how it's – because um, it's, it's such a fun story – how many times did you play against each other? You were at Wisconsin. He was at Indiana. Once or twice. So you didn't really know each other real well, then, we did you? We knew about each other because there was about three years where we were fighting over the top spot in the Big Ten. And then there was uh, Pat Fryermuth one year. It was like us three. And then when he left, it was us two. But you didn't know him on a personal level like you did? No. Like no, you got no, no. to Never talked to him. Never talked to him. Might have talked a little trash across the field. Okay. But never, no, no, no. So, uh, <laughs> how did the how did the bonding begin? How did that relationship start? Oh yeah, uh, really rookie minicamp. Um, it was just us two, and I don't know. Um, usually, there's a lot of tight ends in in a practice. Um, I mean, there's two tight ends usually within one play. Um, and yeah, it, there was only two of us, and it was. I mean our first day in Dallas, really second day in Dallas, and it was 104. And I'm from Wisconsin, and I just got off the plane. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'm ready for this. Like, it's just a little hot. And then I started practicing on the turf and on the grass. And then he started practicing. There was one moment where I think we were 10 minutes or, like, 15 minutes through practice. And it's a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour practice. Like, we're going. And I remember we're probably 15 minutes in, and I'm drenched like this sitting down and he's on one knee drenched and he's <laughs> dub is like get up like we're going what are you guys doing i'm like i'm dying right now and he's like you gotta spray me with water and so they're like hosing him down with water and i'm sitting there like we were not ready for the heat but we got we got through that practice and i think just being able to push through those rookie ones and then um really just be a rookie uh with him throughout the whole process was just kind of um I mean, he was like a route running guy coming in, and I was more of the blocking guy. And just being able to kind of like bounce off of each other was awesome. And uh, I mean, that's how you get better is just being able to do that. And being now put in a room like that's awesome. From just from the football standpoint, um, he's improved a lot as a blocker, and you've improved a lot as a route runner. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I'd say that. Have you have you rubbed off on each other, affected each other? Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say the the whole room. Just I mean, the whole we got a good tight end room. We call us four horsemen, so good stuff. Um, your personalities, you and Peyton, they're they're pretty different. <laughs> yeah. Would you agree with that? How, how would you describe yours? Uh, based off of his. Based off oh, of yours. We'll get to him in a minute. Based off of yours. That's tough. You're putting me in a hard position right here. <laughs> That's uh, my job. You're. I mean, you're outgoing. Yeah, I would not say I'm an introvert by any means. You enjoy talking to people? I'll talk to people. He's, he's quiet in a sense until he's not quiet, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And when does that happen? You never know. <laughs> you really never know. On the football field, 100% of the time. Uh, but really... If if we were out here, you'd never know. Could be right. It could be right now. We just wouldn't know. You know what I mean? And you're like. And then yeah, I would say I, I'd talk a little bit more. I could talk really in any scenario. If I have to. Yeah. 
Um, okay, well, that gets me to, I'm coming back to the two of you and your personalities, but that aspect gets me to, um, do you know Travis Frederick? No, I, not personally. You've no. never met him? I know of him. So Travis Frederick came here from Wisconsin as a rookie, more polished in dealing with reporters than any player I've ever seen. And I realized, I told him this once during his rookie year, uh, standing back and listening to him when people were at his locker, and you have a little bit of this. Uh, Travis Frederick would stand there and smile and listen and answer every question and talk for 15 minutes and never say a thing. Mm -hmm. You walked away feeling like it, you'd it, like you just eaten the greatest meal, and then you got home and realized it was all tofu. I mean, it was there was nothing in there. Um, but he made you feel great about it. And you, sir, have that same gift of gab. You can surely tell that reporters have decided you're you're a guy, you're a go-to guy. They're coming to you because you're going to say something. Yeah, but nothing will be said. So that's my point. Coach Chris, do you know who? Yeah. That's what, well, the, that's, now we're getting it. Where, where did that come from? He's the ultimate wizard at it. He'll, oh. Head coach at Wisconsin. Yeah. So he, <laughs> me and my brother used to follow his Twitter page. It was like, they'd make fun of him. Uh -huh. And they would just put his quotes up and like, it'd be a picture of him with his quote. And he'd be like, the reporter would be like, hey, like, what differently are you going to do if it rains or if it doesn't rain? And like, like the ball being wet versus like quarterback's hand or something like that and he goes like something about like if the weather makes it rain then it's going to rain and that's going to affect us in a certain way but that depends on if it rains and like, like it was like that quote and you just like what Pe but, but people are scribbling <laughs> frantically oh yeah. Oh yeah. frantically and can't wait to get to their keyboard to or type it out he'll act like he's going to give you something like a really big answer and then he'll just kill it Hendershot on the other hand when you see him and you see that personality that you've described that comes out on the field, and you can see the, the, the just kind of like, he's like a puppy chasing cars playing <laughs> football. He, that's, he's just running around. He loves the game. He well, it's, yeah, and you love the game, yeah. but he loves it in a different way. He's okay. And you <laughs> expect then that when you go talk to him, you're going to get what you give people. That's not what you get from Peyton Hendershot well, as a reporter. No, well, yeah, as a reporter, if you would walk up to him on the street and were maybe talking to him, if the victory, if the victory Monday crew walked up to him, they would he would be fired up, give him the full Peyton Hendershot. We should have brought them tonight. That would have been that would have been great. Yeah. That if we if we do enough of these, we'll get him out here, and then we'll get him here as the guest, and then you can come egg, oh, egg yeah. him on from the from the audience. Yeah, he'd be fired up. All right, what was the genesis of the? Um, kettle thing the whack-a-mole thing we just did that literally the day of we thought of that the day of or the day before yeah you realize the first time there were a bunch of people asked him about it since he was the whacker mm -hmm. and he said yeah we've been working on it for two weeks and there's no way of course of course there's no two weeks ago the kettle wasn't out we we didn't know what the kettle was made of so if you if you watch us i struggled to get in because we didn't know it was foam and then Sean almost falls out getting out because we didn't like it was hard to get in because it was actually like I didn't think all four of you were getting in there. We didn't either. Well, we were like, are we going to get in? And then it was like we could all f when I went down, 
I almost got stuck because they spread out. And I was like, guys, move. And like I had to get out of there really fast. But Who, whose idea was it? It was more of just a, a tight end room kind of thing. Because all, all four of us, we were sitting in there. Th that's a lie. Uh-uh. That's a lie. They all say it was your idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they all say it was your idea. <laughs> nah, maybe. Nah. <laughs> yeah. And how about, how about, was it your first touchdown where you lassoed Schultz? Yeah. Yeah, where did that come from? Oh, I used to watch a lot of rodeos when I was a kid. I, uh, the mutton busting when you were, when they put the little kids on the sheep uh -huh. and they sent them out, I always wanted to do that. Uh, how did you talk Stanford's Dalton Schultz into being the calf that you I roped? literally was like, has anybody ever roped a calf, like, for touchdown celebration? Because we were talking about doing, like, something. And he was like, he's like, no, but that would be funny. And I was like, why don't we just do it? And he goes, who would you rope? And I go, you? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, all right. He goes, you better get in. And I go, I'll get in. <laughs> and then I remember we were walking in. I got off the bus, walking into the locker room at AT&T, and, and I, was, I had my headphones in. And Dak woke up to me and brushed my arm. And I, like, took my headphones out. And he goes, he goes let's go, Ferg. Like, I want to see a lasso today. And I go, I was like, in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm scoring today. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I just put it back in. And so from then on, I was like, we're doing it. Like, I remember I walked up, walked right up to my locker, and my locker was right next to Dalton. And I go, we're doing it. And he goes, all right. And so, yeah. So it, can, you, can you, if you want to, can you talk just about anybody into just about anything? Nah. I, we had some funny ones planned, but <laughs> there's no way. For instance? I had one where we had all 11 of us going like this in a single file line on, off the field. Like all 11 all Cowboys 11 just going yeah. like this. Yeah, kind of riding riding up pony for yeah. the – it's radio. So. We had one where it was um, everyone lines up, and whoever scored is like the guy serving at the Salvation Army, and they're with plates going like this, and you run off eating. We had – What's wrong with that? Why does that not happen? Well, I mean, a lot of the old linemen don't want to move. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of running. <laughs> yeah. We got some other ones planned. We'll see. You have some more in the bag of tricks. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a ton in the bag of tricks. It's just whether or not you can get guys to do it. Give me one more. We had... <laughs> okay, we here, Dalton might get mad at me because he really wanted to do this one. But I don't see us doing it. It'd be Peyton scoring, and it would have to be us in 14 personnel with me, Sean, Dalton. You understand what that means? One, one back, four tight ends. All four tight ends of us have Kay. to be on the field Kay. when we score. And what we would do is Peyton would lay like a log. And what we do is I get his legs, and they get his upper body, and we kind of like we pretend like he's in a coffin, and we kind of like walk him off the field and kind of like do a little shimmy as we walk off the field. <laughs> But there's no way we could get Peyton to just sit still like this. What, when do and it have to be 14. What, when do you think of this stuff? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm just sitting and when I can't sleep, I'm just sitting there thinking. Uh, anytime, well, sometimes we finish meetings and we just sit there and just brainstorm, shoot off ideas of just random stuff. doesn't have to be celebrations. could just be like we got a bunch of RC cars, and we might just customize them and race them somewhere or something. Th these are grown men, uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and they are having fun playing a kid's game. And don't try to tell me you're not enjoying watching them 
doing what they're doing. Uh, Jake Ferguson's our guest on the Cowboys Hour tonight. We're brought to you in part by Lou Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. We'll be right back to City Works. To the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. Welcome back. We are at City Works of the Star District in Frisco. I'm Brad Sham, along with our special guest on Victory Monday. Yeah. Cowboys tight end Jake Ferguson. Uh, and we will be here again next week, next Monday night, after the Cowboys conclude the regular season against Washington Sunday afternoon, 325 Central Time. Those of you who have come out to City Works tonight who would like to ask Jake a question, you know the drill. Uh, we'll have the microphone that will move amongst you uh, in a few minutes. And if you hold your hand up, then you get a chance to uh, ask Jake where his um, inventiveness and natural brilliance come from. 
Um, you're from, needless to say, a football family. Everybody, uh, I presume people know that your grandfather is the great Barry Alvarez. How much did that influence what you did as a football player? Where you went? Did you have a choice? <laughs> Was it, were you ever going anywhere <laughs> but Wisconsin? Uh, I always said I was like, so I first started getting recruited when I was like a sophomore. Well, he wasn't still coaching, was he? Then no, but he had come back and coached a bowl game. Right. Okay. So I remember that. Come back and coached uh, a right. bowl game and then a Rose Bowl. Okay. Um. But I started getting recruited, and I was like, I'm going to treat everybody the same. Like, like you can look at Wisconsin the same. And then I remember I got an offer. I got a couple offers from other schools, and it started piling up. And then I finally got one from Wisconsin. <laughs> and I, I literally lived like five minutes from campus <laughs> and then just also just going everything just being around my grandpa and like I knew the coaching staff really well like I was I was li I knew coach Chris when I was in diapers like literally I grew up with his kids knew everybody and then I remember it was one day I was just like I was like mom like should like should I just commit like should we just go back and commit She's like, yeah, you probably should. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, if that, I wanted That's her to, dad? Yeah, her yeah, dad. Okay. And I was like, thinking about it, I was like, if I didn't go to Wisconsin, I probably wouldn't be able to go to, like, Thanksgiving dinners. Right. Or, like, Christmas or, like, anything at that, like, in that family's, <laughs> you know what I mean? And just, like, kind of happened, and I was like, oh. like, And then, yeah, I mean, he kind of was like, yeah, that was a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, you know, he approved. Um, I'm so interested in the fact that uh, the tight end position, you don't see too many first-round tight ends anymore. Uh, Pitts in, in Atlanta is a different kind of athlete. But there were several of you taken within just a small group in like the fourth round oh last yeah. year. Mm -hmm. And I'm, sh I'm guessing you got to know those guys fairly well by through the combine and all the rest of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and do you kind of form friendships with guys in in uh who wind up going to other teams? Yeah, I mean you yeah, so I played I mean senior bowl with them and then you you're at the combine with them. And then really, I mean those are your guys who you're with the whole process, so just being able to train with a couple of them too. Um yeah, you you meet a lot of people, but I mean you and the tight end position is a rare position. I mean you rarely read a, meet a tight end who's just like a weirdo or like a bad guy. Like that, that is rare. Just it, I don't know something about it. Um, or like he's not he's not going to be mean to you or something like that. Like he's going to he'll talk to you and like be a normal guy about it. And, uh, and how how do you define weirdo just for future I mean, reference? Just I've known a lot of tight ends. Like he's just not. I don't, I don't know how to explain. It. Like he's going to talk to you and not just kind of like shrug you off or like be bogus or like you know. You should be able to talk to them. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Too much like an old lineman. There's just like. Yeah, we're half a lineman, half skill position. You like that? I don't mind, and I love a lineman. Um, <laughs> I do too, as a matter of fact. Was there ever a, a thought of playing a different position? How did you come to that one? I almost played defense. Um, I was uh, I played middle linebacker, and then well, in high school didn't really count because we weren't very good. Um, Plus, everybody plays everything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would have been a outside linebacker. A couple of college offers were for outside linebacker. 
and and that was it. I had a couple looks at punter, a uh, couple Division two schools. Really? So are you the backup punter? No, God, no. Maybe, maybe if they <laughs> gave me a shot. Um, why did you not play linebacker? Uh, I don't know. Wisconsin wasn't a – they didn't offer me at linebacker. If they would have offered me at linebacker, I probably would have played linebacker. Um, not being a football fan, were there any tight ends – that you watched when you were uh, at w never any of them. Oh, at Wisconsin? Yeah, not in high school. Oh, I didn't watch any football growing up. In I college, I probably watched Kelsey, maybe Kittle. Um, yeah, Gronk. A lot of Gronk growing up, not growing up, but early college. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, those three were big ones. Did you ever see anybody? including or not including any of those three who you said that's I could do that that reminds me of me Ooh. um I mean you kind of you kind of see it through technique especially um like I said earlier how I was kind of learning technique um kind of early on and that um thanks to Wisconsin and um my tight end coach there Mickey Turner just teaching the little things you kind of see how maybe sometimes guys at the next level don't learn certain certain things or certain techniques or, hey, this might help them or maybe they're not getting it done. And granted, it is in the NFL and they're not always going to be able to get it done and it's not always going to be perfect. But um, just being able to watch that and, like, compare doing that from uh, Nebraska DN to a guy doing it against the Saints DN. And I can do that against this guy in college, but that's the whole thing is how are you going to be able to, to get from that to where you're going to dominate one guy in college to you got to dominate the next guy in the next level. Um, and that's just kind of that bridge you got to gap. Uh, you mentioned Linda Wells a couple of times, your tight ends coach. He's a really outstanding coach. A lot of people don't know a lot about him. He's not uh, terribly always <coughs> visible to the public. Um, really outstanding coach, unique, unique guy. Uh, can you be a little more uh, specific about how he has – influenced you and how he sets the tone for your room yeah um he's one of those coaches that he's just he's going to tell it to you straight and um it doesn't matter what it affects i mean he's going to be he's going to be straight to your face he's going to give you the truth and that's what you need as a coach you need somebody but then at the same time he's not going to tell you that and then just bail on you he's going to be there and he's going to help you through it or he's you got a question or you got you got something or hey this isn't hitting your brain right he's going to make sure that gets to that way and he's going to take the time out of his day to kind of get to that and get you to that point and having a guy like that and having a coach like that especially is special and you don't get that at every you don't get that at i mean high school sometimes you get that college sometimes you get that and then apparently the nfl you very rarely get that or some sometimes never and luckily being a rookie and this, having him as my first coach, um, it's been a blessing. And just kind of have him just kind of be under his wing having, on this first year and also having Peyton next to me has, has made it, I wouldn't say easy, but has made it kind of um, made it more, made it more special, made it more durable, made it more um, something that, I mean, I walk in every day. And you hear the stories about the guys who pull into their cars and they're like, here we go. Like, 
I get, like they got to gather themselves. I get out of my car every morning. And I'm like, let's go get it. Like, I don't mind sitting in a meeting room with Peyton, Sean, Dalton, and L Dub for four hours watching film, like watching the same game. Like, I don't mind that because it's a good room. I know I'm going to learn, and even just sitting there, I'm probably going to get better. When did you know you wanted to play pro football? Oh, I mean, probably. That was ingrained in my brain. I mean, really? Yes. My brother wanted to play pro football. My dad wanted to play pro football. So, I mean, I came out a big baby, and <laughs> my dad <laughs> saw, saw that, saw an opportunity. So, uh, scholarship. Yeah. So, uh, he was like, hey, and my brother was already, my brother was four years older than me, so he was locked in on football from the jump. Um, so, I mean, that was our whole thing. We always wanted to be professional football players. We'd throw on those little football helmets and play in the basement. My brother would throw my head through the drywall. Good stuff. Yeah, you mentioned that back in the summer. How many times did your brother throw your head through the drywall? We, you don't understand how many pieces of furniture we had to move to cover the holes <laughs> in the drywall. <laughs> I got beat up. Pretty good. Yeah. T uh, tell people the b the number and the birth order again. How many of you? Oh, it was just me and him. Just the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. He's four years older than me. And and he took it out on you all the time. Oh yeah. Have you ever evened the scales at all? Oh, uh, he he would he doesn't want that. I'm being I'm being the bigger person. <laughs> You're in the NFL. Eventually, at some point, maybe I'll snap. Get him. <laughs> Cowboys tight end Jake Ferguson is our guest tonight uh, on the Cowboys Hour. We are on Victory Monday at City Works. I said Victory Monday at City Works. There we go. The Star District uh, in Frisco. And we'll be right back with your questions for Jake after this.
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. Welcome back to City Works in the Star District in Frisco. I'm Brad Sham. Haley Sutton will rejoin us next week. We're delighted to be with Cowboys tight end Jake Ferguson uh, this evening. Day off tomorrow, right? Because it's a Sunday game. Technically, yeah. Yeah. What? What? What does that mean? Just going. I mean, still got to do some stuff. Like a little routine. Yeah. Well, so what's your what's your seven day routine? Not on seven days, you're on ten. But what? What's your routine? Get a massage early in the morning, and then I'll kind of go home, lay off a little bit, maybe take a nap. But then I always go ice tub, and that's contrast. And then I'll sometimes get in the sauna. But if I'm doing the sauna, I'll do sauna for thirty minutes, and then I'll do a cold plunge, and that's nice. And then I always go like roll out, stretch. Um, just kind of get, get my body moving a little bit. You don't really want to sit around too much. Don't be a, don't be too lazy. I got to write that down. That sounds like very good advice. <laughs> uh, okay, Joe, do we have uh, some questions for Jake? Good evening, Jake. How are you? Doing good. How about you? Great, thank you. My name is Rambo. Uh-huh. Uh, quick question. I think this is a pretty basic question, but I think a lot of people would probably ask this. How does it feel to play for the most popular team in sports, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one, this is the place, I mean, everyone was always like, where do you want to go? And what are your top three? And it was always here. I mean, this was always one of them. Wait, seriously? Yeah, always. Why? I mean, America's team is the Dallas Cowboys. You know what I mean? I mean, but not only that, I would play with them on Madden all the time. Ah, now we're getting to it. <laughs> so they were my team for a while. And then, like, I remember telling my mom this the other, like, not too long ago. But I was sitting in a game, and I, I remember I was like, Mom, I looked up, and I was like, I saw Dak, and then I saw Zeke, and I was like, I used to play with these guys in Madden. <laughs> I just kind of, like, looked, and I was like, oh, whoa. And I, like, just had, like, a little moment, and was like, I remember telling her, and she's like, yeah, like, that's, like, a, a big deal. And I'm like, yeah, and then you kind of, you, fir- you first kind of get in, and you're like, all right, you're in the NFL finally. But then they, they start to tell you, and you're like, no, like, you, you're you on the Cowboys. Like, like it's like the biggest organization. Like, people know about you everywhere. And so, like, I mean, they're not going to – like, if, I, if someone gets in trouble, they're not going to be like, Jake Ferguson did this. They're going to say Dallas Cowboy and player. If, and Jake if you Ferguson. play for three other teams, it'll be former Cowboy Jake Ferguson. Trust exactly. me. That's, yep. that's just how that goes. You're right about that. Happy New Year, Mr. Jake Ferguson. You as well. I'm Oscar Ramos, so my question is, how did it feel throughout the preseason to wear number 48? I felt like I could run somebody over way easier. <laughs> like it was something about me. And did you, do you wish like you would have still had that number? <laughs> uh, I, do think ab- I do think about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, me and Peyton were talking about that not too long ago. Um, I said something to him. I was like, man, like, like I don't know. I'm, I almost feel like I should have kept 48. And he go, he was like, he's like, yeah, 40, like, 48 would have been sweet. And I should have kept 49. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like 40, <laughs> 49 was a bad number. 89 looks good on him now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there is always that little kind of thought in my back of my head, like 40. I mean, I – I did like the way it looked for sure. Um, d- did they? Did yeah, they? Did <laughs> they tell you you were changing? Usually, the player 
asks no, for the yeah, change. Yeah, I mean, there not there aren't a lot of guys out there right now who are uh, catching balls in forty eight. And I, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. That's I mean, what I'm saying. I was know, so t- I was so torn between the two. You know about Daryl Johnston? You know who I he do. is? Yeah, the Moose. Forty eight. Yeah. Yeah, I need a handoff before I get. If I get a handoff, then you'll go back to I'll forty-eight. Go, I'll, go back, I'll go back to forty-eight. I'll speak to Kellum. Yeah. <laughs> hey Jake, my name is Chris. And I'm a Madisonian. I'm oh. the badges all over. Yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Your, your granddad is a legend back home. Was it very hard to live up to his expectations, and also? You like brats or brisket? Oh, I'm a brats guy. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, with sauerkraut. Uh, but yeah, uh, my brother. Luckily, I had my brother who was four years older than me, um, so he kind of took the brunt of everything. Kind of um, having to live up to those expectations and just kind of. I mean, he kind of had that. I wouldn't say shadow, but almost kind of like that feeling where, hey, like if I get in trouble or something, something's gonna happen. You know what I mean? And I was the opposite. I was kind of, he didn't really want anybody to know his grandpa was uh, our grandpa. And I kind of ran around telling everybody because, I mean, I just ate that up. And then um, when I finally got to college or high school especially, um, a lot of it, a lot of people thought he went to Wisconsin because of my grandpa and that's the only reason he got in. And then he started playing and showing people that, uh, proving them wrong. And then he earned a scholarship. And then, I mean, a lot of people said my scholarship was because my grandpa. Um, and then just being able to change that and kind of prove them wrong was something that um, made me feel good. Um, but at the same time, that really didn't really matter to me. Um, what was that? I went to Madison Memorial. So I, they, they changed the name of it. So I don't know what it is now. Uh, one minute left. Go ahead. Thanks. What was more exciting, the Rose Bowl or opening night versus Tom Brady? If we would oh. Well, we Maybe. lost both games. Yeah. <laughs> so that's tough. Uh, the Rose Bowl. Um, just because, I mean, that that's some place my grandpa had coached, and that was huge. Like, I mean, just being able to kind of be in that atmosphere and be around there, and that's like one of the most historic places ever. Um, if we would have won opening night, I mean, I would have had to say that. But if we lo- since we lost, yeah. Um. Did you pay any attention to possible playoff matchups? No. You have no idea where you might Sweet. go in the playoffs? I'm, I'm, I'm weak of kind of guy. You're Washington. You're yeah. locked in on Washington. Don't let anybody tell you where you're probably going for the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> Thank you all very much for coming out in Victory Monday. Thanks to Jake Ferguson. There we Appreciate go. you. Thank Thanks you for very having much. Me. The great Jake Ferguson and uh, the Cowboys play in Washington against the Commanders. 325 Central Time, Sunday afternoon, right here on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Haley and I will be back here at CityWorks in Frisco next Monday on the Cowboy Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!